This past weekend was huge, with Joe Biden beating Donald Trump in the U.S. election. So much happened over two days that it felt more like two weeks. This episode will be a special where we take a trip down memory lane and review some of the biggest signs, myths, and misconceptions told by Donald Trump over the last four years. Hello, everybody, and welcome to Just Nas Science Podcast. Each episode, we debunk ridiculous yet common science misconceptions we find online and get just a little salty about them. I'm your favorite science teacher, Lauren. And I'm, I guess, our election correspondent, Nick. (laughs) Before we get started, we are rebranding our Instagram. We're going to have near daily posts about science news, research, and more. So be sure to check out our page at Just Nas Science. Let's talk about some of the biggest and baddest myths in science that have been told by the administration over the past four years. Myth number one. This was a fairly recent one, but it really caught like wildfire. It was that COVID will magically disappear after the election, as if it were just some ploy by the Democratic Party for votes. Yeah, (laughs) because somehow having COVID gets Democrats votes. I don't really understand that logic, but we are currently in the middle of a pandemic still, and we're having what one may call a third wave here in the U.S., and in the week after the election, we have been averaging over 80,000 new cases each day, and a few of those days have gone over 100,000, so we're doing fine. (laughs) So a lot of people on social media, way too many to count echoed Trump's rhetoric that as soon as the election was over, COVID would magically disappear. And some of those people I know personally, which makes me very sad. Me too. I was recently on Facebook and I was, uh, I saw someone made a, a post and it said something along the lines of like, oh, you know, with the election, we haven't seen anything about COVID. Weird, huh? And I'm like, no, it's being covered. And just because it's not the most important news of the day doesn't mean it's not being covered. And that it's not important. You're like, oh, I never said it wasn't important. I was like, all right, just, I'm like. Seems like you were insinuating it was. <laughs> I was like, I might have misread your, your message. And that's okay. I apologize if I did. However, seems like a lot of other people misread it too. Because they're all agreeing. Yeah. And um, who would have predicted this? Except for, you know, scientists, public health experts, medical professionals. Who all warned us about it. You know, it's. It's a truly mystery. a mystery. Truly a mystery here. <laughs> How did we get here? <laughs> One of life's great mysteries. <laughs> and this election was very important to the public perception of science and medicine. A lot of people are wary of any new COVID vaccine, out of fears that it would be rushed and unsafe. So how we move forward with a vaccine and proposing its legitimacy and effectiveness is really important. And a lot of that's been kind of fumbled already. Yeah, I mean, think about how many people on Twitter or Facebook, whatever, that are talking about how the vaccine isn't going to be safe and it's going to be rushed and they just want to make money off you and all this kind of stuff. And Pfizer recently announced that they have a new two-dose vaccine showing real promise with over 90% efficacy and a pretty good safety profile. And we'll obviously have to see what the final data shows before making any final conclusions. But at the moment, I am cautiously optimistic about the strength and uh, ability of this vaccine 
to reduce COVID cases. Right. But there, there's already a skepticism around vaccines. So you have to be really careful with vaccine rhetoric and, and any sort of vague messaging or like skeptical messaging about vaccines from people in power, like let's say like the president, I don't know, um, can really put a lot of people in danger because I've personally had so many people come up to me, friends, family, and be like, well, would you get a vaccine for COVID if one came out? I'm like if the doctors say it's safe, then yes, I will get the vaccine. I'm not just going to get it because Trump's backing a company or has investments in it or something. No, I'm going to get if the doctors say so. Yeah, I, I looked at the primary outcomes for the Pfizer trial and the first like 15 to 20 outcomes are all safety related, which is to be expected in a phase one study or even a phase two, really. And I really just wanted to see one, how much attention are they paying to safety and, and the tolerability, adverse events and all that kind of stuff. But I also wanted to see how they're measuring the effectiveness of the vaccine. And so far, it looks fine. And this all this information is available to everyone on clinicaltrials.gov. Myth number two, man-made climate change is not real. So here are some of our favorite quotes from Trump over the last few years about climate change. I'm not a big believer in man-made climate change. <laughs> that was in an interview with Hugh Hewitt in September of 2015. I don't give a fuck what you believe. <laughs> then he goes on to say, well, I think the climate is just a very, very expensive form of tax. A lot of people are making a lot of money. And that was an interview on Fox. What? Fox and Friends in January 2016. What tax is he referring to? And who are the people that are making a lot of money? I mean, obviously people in, you know, oil refineries, fracking, things like that. People who are involved in like natural gas pipelines and stuff. I think he's insinuating that people who are saying that climate change is a thing are making money off of that agenda. I see. But the reality is the the, the people who are draining the earth of its resources are making the money. <laughs> yeah. And they don't want you to believe in climate change. And a lot of these companies actually have finally, over the last year or so, agreed that climate change is happening. I don't know if all the oil and gas companies admitted that it is a man-made thing, but I think Shell recently did. And Shell was like, well, what are you going to do about it? Like putting that out on their Twitter or something to like the public. And AOC was like, um, hold you accountable? Like, <laughs> fuck do I have to do about it? Uh, did she really? Yeah. Oh, I didn't see that. That's pretty good yeah hold. like fuck you <laughs> like what are you gonna do about climate change well since you just destroyed everything mm, probably hold you accountable yeah like what the fuck man and so many of these oil and gas companies would create like fake corporations and foundations that sounded like they were environmental organizations and then these environmental organizations these fake ones would come out against climate change so people would get conflicting information on it like friends of science i think is one of them right if you go on to the friends of science youtube page their banner says the sun is the main driver of climate change not you not co2 and it's, it's tough because you go on their website friendsofscience.org and you think, oh, it's .org. It must be somewhat reputable. And it's probably a load of bullshit just based on the four seconds I've been on their YouTube channel. Yeah, but there's a lot of influence out there. And, and that is a lot of times put out by oil and gas companies to purposely confuse you on the topic. 
right? And then that's something that people get wrong a lot. People are like, oh, I researched this. I know a lot about this. And I'm like, well, did you look at the source and who's funding these companies and foundations? And it, a lot of times you look and it's oil and gas. But you really have to dig and no one has time for that. It's just like the mailman at my mom's office who told her, you know, I've been following this election really closely and I took AP government in high school 30 years ago. Yeah, the guy's, <laughs> so I know what I'm talking the about. The guy's like 50 years old and he's bragging about having taken an AP course in high school, which is really just an entry-level college class. It's like, cool, you took a college class 30 years ago. That doesn't make you an expert. I don't give a shit what anyone tells you. But just the fact that that was his only possible creden- credential, which is why he said it. Right. So he just, therefore made himself much less credible by saying that. Yeah, he, he would have been I could way stop more thinking believable. About that. Yeah. <laughs> if he just said nothing. Seriously. That's like saying, oh, I took AP bio. I can do surgery. Like, fuck off. No, you can't. Yeah. <laughs> Not a fucking dill hole. So a lot of the rhetoric and quotes from Trump about climate change over the last couple of years was that somehow environmentalists or, I guess, liberals are making money off of this so-called hoax he canceled the paris agreement um he didn't understand how global warming could exist if it was still cold in new york and really overall just felt it was too expensive for the economy to tackle quick note climate and weather not the same anyway same folks and this is something we're going to talk about a little bit later with stuff that we hope to see come out of the biden administration but there's a huge industry in green and renewable energy sources you just have to put a little bit of an initial investment into it. And it still, it has made leaps and bounds in the last few years. And I would like to see more of that. So I don't think it's expensive the economy to undertake. I think it's just a new avenue for us. Myth number three, raking the forest will prevent forest fires. Oh, God. You remember when wildfires in California destroyed around 200,000 acres of land and thousands of people lost their homes? I think that was like the campfire last year or the year before. Uh, yeah, it was, it was. No, it was pretty recent. And well, Trump- each year has been a, a worse one than the year before. So right. One of the causes that Trump supplied was from exploding trees. <laughs> and another one was because he said that it was due to mismanagement of the forest and that they should sweep their forests. And this is a direct quote. They're starting again in California. I said, you got to clean your forests. You got to clean your forests. There are many, many years of leaves and broken trees, and they're like like so flammable. You touch them, and it just goes up. But like, okay, let's say people are like, you know what? He's right. Let's clean up our uh, our forests. Let's clean up all the downed trees and all the leaf litter. Where would you put you you somewhere set else? It on you would fire. you would create a whole nother forest by putting those down somewhere, and which would also be, in his under his logic, just as flammable. He did say that Finland rakes their forest and that they're doing just fine. And the president of Finland came out and said they do take care of the forests, but they don't rake them, which I can only imagine was a very confusing statement for him to have to make. <laughs> He's like, no. like, I can't believe I have to fucking take time out of my day to do this. <laughs> to tell like a 70-year-old man that, no, we do not rake our forests. Oh, my God. Not to mention that 
those decomposing leaves and trees are actually really valuable for the regeneration of a forest and they're you know, decomposers and they decompose and all that energy and nutrients goes back into the soil and comes back again. So you can't just like get up and get rid of it. Don't get Lauren started on environmental Don't stuff and de- decomposing leaves. She gets fucking all riled up. <laughs> get pretty hyped on it. Myth number four, that there is a causal link between vaccines and autism. And I quote from Trump, we had so many instances People that worked for me just the other day, two years old, a beautiful child, went to have the vaccine and came back a week later, got a tremendous fever, got very, very sick, now is autistic. And I really don't like that statement because he says, just the other day was a beautiful child and now is autistic. And that kind of implies that autistic children are not beautiful. Yes. And I really, I really don't like that. I didn't even catch that first time. Listen, maybe he didn't mean it that way. But the quote, when you read it like this, makes it sound like they were a beautiful child and now they're autistic. And like as if that like ruins them or something. You know, there was, the claim that there was a link between vaccines and autism is based on a fraudulent and redacted study that was funded by lawyers for parents who were pushing a lawsuit against vaccine companies. And it's really interesting. Just know, and we talked about this a few times in the podcast in the past, But the physician who put this data forward, not only was he barred from conducting research in the future, but he had his license taken away. So people who think that doctors and everyone in the scientific and medical community are just like, are just lying to you and they're just making up shit. Really serious consequences come about if you're found to have falsified data and, and to have lied. It is not something that just like, especially for financial gain. Oh, yeah, but it's not something that they just say, oh, don't do it again or or keep doing it. You're making us money. Like, no, that's it is extremely problematic and it will be rooted out. I can guarantee it. You like the way you look. I guarantee it. Okay. Myth number five. Wind turbines cause cancer. In April this year, Trump criticized wind power in a speech at the National Republican Congressional Committee dinner, claiming that turbines which he did call windmills, could cause cancer. Quote, they say the noise causes cancer. (laughs) He also said that in the last debate with now president-elect Joe Biden, that wind kills all the birds is very intermittent. And and he did say some shit about fumes and carbon emissions that really did not make much sense. (laughs) So just to be clear, yes, wind turbines can kill birds. They kill an average of... 230,000 birds a year in North America, which is a lot. But for reference, glass windows in buildings kill an estimated 599 million birds per year. Which brings me to a point, how many fucking birds are there? (laughs) If every year 600 million are killed, like how many birds are there? Fucking billions, man. (laughs) I didn't realize there were so many birds. (laughs) Yeah, billions. Oh, and we man. have several who live in our backyard, a.k.a. the turkeys. Yeah, we have a, a family of turkeys that we go out and check on every once in a while. Uh, I did have to, they got separated and I had to like corral two of them back to their family because I was afraid that something would happen to them. Although I do think they would have found their way back on their own. Okay, well, you know what? It made me feel better, so. Okay, excellent. Right. Why don't we move on to part two of this episode we could talk about what we hope to see from the biden administration so here's three major points that we hope to see from the biden administration 
The first is to continue to improve and expand research and to expand research and development funding. Over the past few years, increases to research funding has happened, right? It's gone up quite a bit, but we need that to continue. We can't let research and, and experimental research and research and development, we can't let that slow. We, as a society, are falling behind in science, right? The U.S. is not the one of the top players in science like it used to be. And part of that is because graduate school is too expensive so that students don't go. There's actually been an 8% decrease in undergraduate um, admissions since 2008. So it just goes to show that like you do kind of need to deal with the student debt thing. But, you know, I'm just saying... <laughs> erase our debt please we really do need to continue to put more and more money into research and development i still think it's an incredibly important part to our country's status and economic growth i think it's an important part for our our safety in terms of understanding certain scientific like what's it, pandemics public health viral spread um n- nuclear weapon development right like these are all things that come from research and people being involved in science and if you're falling behind on this stuff then i think that's a a national safety issue personally absolutely the second idea is to make scientific legislation priorities did you know that the department of human health doesn't have like a a policy on what they consider scientific integrity i didn't (laughs) but i was reading a nature article that talked about some five things they want to see from the Biden administration. It kind of gave me this idea to talk about some things I wanted to see as a nobody. And we both agree, well, nature made this point and I agree, so I'm echoing it, uh, that it's really important for government agencies to have a cohesive understanding of what scientific integrity is and that when a, a different department makes a policy or they make recommendations, that the administration really reviews that information. I can't tell you, if you, you just do a, a Google search of how Trump handled the coronavirus, and you will, you'll you see that he was constantly ignoring information and advice, data from groups like the CDC, WHO, other independent scientists and public health experts. I mean, it was incredible the amount of information that this guy passed up on and, and refused to look at and, and even review so it's really important that scientific literature scientific policies all this kind of stuff is reviewed by ind- is, is made by independent groups and reviewed by the executive branch where they can enact real changes based on the evidence and data and the last one is to not talk shit about your colleagues in different offices the cdc and fda have frequently been criticized by trump which undermines their ability to get effective information out to the public during like a pandemic for example yeah the fda at some points did buckle to some of his demands like when they granted emergency approvals for two unproved covid19 therapies a lot of these agencies are put into tight spots it's like you know either do this or i'm gonna withdraw funding or or this or that or i'm gonna fire you yeah the White House for a long time did not allow the CDC top health officials and experts to speak directly to the public, which was a critical component for any infectious disease response. Having Trump's administration, who were not scientists, force CDC to contradict some of its initial advice on COVID. You know, they were saying that since asymptomatic spread is a thing, 
Asymptomatic people should also be tested, but he had them write into the guidelines that they shouldn't be. Um, But there was a huge outcry from the CDC scientists. And the CDC eventually did walk back that and say, okay, if you're asymptomatic, you should also get tested. It's now available to everyone. But when you're flip-flopping like that, the damage is done. You lose trust from the public almost immediately. And that's what I think really, really damaged. Even, Even when Biden takes office, he has a lot of stuff to repair, a lot of reputational damage to repair that I don't know if can be done in four years. I don't know if it can be either, but I think it's really important that he tries and that he listens to agencies and officials and that he, you know, backs them when when it's appropriate, right? I mean, there's obviously a time and a place to criticize any policy or, or advice that's given, but on a news conference in the, at the start of a pandemic, when everybody's looking to government leadership for, for information and guidance and to openly criticize ridicule yeah (laughs) that's the word i was looking for ridicule i mean it's it's really damaging in the in the court of public opinion if if that makes any sense absolutely part three we're going to talk about making claims and providing evidence i make my students do this all the time and they're really not that good at it so you (laughs) have to you have to why are you gonna put them on blast like that (laughs) because what do they do to you this is a tough skill to master but you have to be aware of your shortcomings with it okay and there's certain things you should be looking for when you're staking a claim no matter what it is whether it's scientific or not when you stake a claim you have to provide information you have to provide evidence to back up your claim you know if someone's telling you research it yourself oh i made this claim if you want to prove your own research it yourself no no no. you made the claim the what's the word i'm looking for the the onus, onus is on you to prove it so you better be the one to provide data and back it up and reputable data yeah if you simply tell someone look it up yourselves or do your own research it means that you have jack shit but you just don't want to admit it which brings us to the topic of actually doing research Lauren and I both have a master's degree. I have one in neuroscience, hers is in education. She had a specialty in in biology, so she had to do research assignments. I had to do research. I mean, I was working in clinical trials. I was working in bench research, doing genuine, like authentic new research. I mean, we had no choice but to, to do like good, solid work. Otherwise, it wouldn't get published. And if we didn't get published, then we wouldn't get funding. So when you're doing research into a complicated scientific principle, it's not the same as Googling who won the Super Bowl in 1990 to win a bar bet. But for some reason, somehow, people seem to think those are the same. Yeah, I bet you people use Wikipedia all the time. Oh, yeah, for sure. But researching a topic takes time. You need to consider previous information as well as new data to get a full idea of the topic. You also should look at the authors, their affiliations, what institutions do they work at, who funded the research, are there any conflicts of interest, what journal the research was published in, and that's right, the meme you just took a screenshot of and posted as proof for research doesn't count. Yeah, there's so many videos going around right now that are supposedly showing instances of voter fraud. For example, one very short video is of a man who's like a, a ballot counter crumbling a piece of paper and throwing it in the trash. So people automatically assumed that that was a ballot he was crumbling up 
for Trump and throwing in the trash. Meanwhile, they later confirmed that um, it was the election board. It was an instructional sheet that he ended up crumbling up and throwing in the trash. So you cannot jump to conclusions without proper proof. Yeah, don't and, jump on the mob bandwagon. And what makes you think that he's voting for Biden or that he's trying to fix the election for Biden? Like, yeah, you don't know his affiliate, his you, political affiliation. We we live in New York, but where we live in New York, Republicans far outweigh Democrats by almost two to one. So how could you know just by looking at someone aside from the fact that they're wearing a you know Trump's hat or Biden face mask or something? And it's also really important. And my grandma is so good at this. It's really important to actually read articles and not just the headlines or, you know, a picture caption or something. Headlines are designed to make you click on them. They're not written for accuracy. You know, there was someone I had worked with who had shared on a group text with me and my colleagues this article that basically said, I think the headline was, people who wear masks are shown to be twice as likely to contract COVID. I opened up the article, then I opened up the link to the study that was being referenced by the CDC, and it actually was not that at all. What it really was saying that if you eat at a restaurant, you are much more likely to contract COVID because you are probably taking your mask off to eat. So while initially it made it seem like, oh, wearing a mask gives you, it makes you more likely to contract COVID, it was actually saying the opposite of that. And some of these people work in healthcare, which is extremely alarming to me. Yeah, I have some... Fr- acquaintances or people that i know who are nurses or you know physical therapists and all this kind of stuff that that don't believe that masks work that don't understand the severity of covid don't understand some of the long lasting serious side effects from those who survived which by the way we just put a, a post about that on our instagram so if you're interested go and check that out there's there's so many things and it's really unfortunate because sometimes the more you try to disprove something the more you can reinforce their false beliefs. And we talked about that on a previous episode with a a PhD candidate, Itamar Schatz, when we talk about why do people believe in pseudoscience? Yes. And sometimes when you keep, when you tell them contrary or you tell them their belief is wrong, in their own mind, it just reinforces the idea because it's like validating what they think in, in a strange way. And it's almost counterproductive to what you're trying to do. So I made the joke then and I'll make it again that our show is actually not helping anyone. (laughs) (laughs) We are just reinforcing all these myths and misconceptions, apparently. (laughs) But anyway, that's going to do it for us today. If you enjoyed this episode, don't forget to subscribe, leave a review, and especially share it. It takes literal seconds to hit subscribe and click the five-star review button and it would mean a whole lot to us. Positive ratings and shares on social media are the biggest ways you can help us spread this good, good science to even more people. You can find us on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook at JustNASScience. You can also visit our website, JustNASScience.com, where you can watch YouTube videos, read blog posts, or submit questions and suggest topics for future episodes. And don't forget, we put out new episodes every Tuesday. As always, guys, thanks for listening. Later, nerds. Later, Gators. <laughs>